guys. Welcome back to another episode of TPA Tidbits, a Sentinel Pension podcast. My name is Melissa Torito, and I am your host for this podcast. And today, we are going to talk about mergers and acquisitions and how they affect retirement plans. Kind of a long-winded type subject. Um, but I do find that we run into these situations. Um, it seems that acquisitions are happening more frequently. Um, over the past couple of years, I'm not really sure if we're just involved with more entities that are acquiring other companies as part of a growth plan. Um, that's that's one way that we're seeing it. And the other way is when um, somebody has decided to, or uh, a business owner has reached retirement and part of their succession plan is uh, to sell the company. And so, this is a very complex subject that's going to be a little bit challenging to talk about on a podcast, but basically if there's one thing that you take away from this this entire episode is it is if you are planning to buy another entity, purchase another entity, possibly sell your company, merge with another company, have some sort of ownership change within your company. Um, all of this can affect the retirement plan. So please reach out to your third-party administrator prior to the date of any sale because once the sale happens, we're a little bit limited in what we can do with the retirement plan. And when I tell people this, I, you know, we have had to sign NDAs before uh, because it hasn't, the announcement hasn't gone public. And, you know, all kinds of things, which I'm more than happy to do. I would rather know about it on the front end. So let me, I'm going to back up a little bit on why a merger and acquisition can even affect your retirement plan. So let's say that I own a company um, and I own 100% of an entity. I also own 100% of another entity that might do something completely different. So I'm 100% owner of a CPA firm, but I've also decided to become one of those special CPA slash attorneys. <laughs> a lot of attorneys that ended up taking the CPA exam. And so then I also own a law practice, and I am a sole owner of both of them. Those two entities, even though they might not serve the same clients, even though they might not do the same thing, strictly based upon the fact that I own 100% of both of those entities, they are a controlled group. And for purposes of the retirement plan, you've got one of two options. The first and easiest option is for me to have both of those companies in one retirement plan and operate as a single employer retirement plan. The other option, which is more complex and more challenging to make it work, is for me to exclude, have two separate retirement plans and exclude one entity from the other plan. So if I'm Melissa's accountants, that would be excluded from the Melissa attorney retirement plan and vice versa. That becomes very complicated when we're trying to test the plan for compliance, and I will just leave it at that. The easiest thing to do if you are a member, if your company is a member of a controlled group, is for everybody to operate under one plan. However, not everybody wants to do that. Um, the other option would be to basically have two literally identical retirement plans with the exact same provisions. And I feel like if somebody wants to do that, then you might as well just have one retirement plan to make your life a little bit easier. Um, so that's that's the gist of a controlled group. And 
A controlled group is a mathematical definition. It is either one company owns greater than 80% of another entity, and mainly that's going to happen with your corporations, or you can have a brother-sister control group where five or fewer owners own at least 80% of each entity, and their common interest is 50%. So I do not expect anyone to, unless you're a TPA, maybe a CPA, to nod along that you're understanding what I'm saying. We have an analysis that we can do in-house to make that determination on a controlled group. This is also why on our year-end questionnaire, we do ask if you're, you own any other companies or anybody, relatives, um, also own any other companies because of family attribution. So, that being said... There's basically two main types of acquisitions. You've got a stock sale or you have an asset sale. A stock sale is when I might purchase 100%, and I'm saying 100%, I could purchase 55.5%, but I'm just trying to make the math work, but 100% of another entity. The, the stock sale is pretty much going to always create that control group with another entity. And if we don't find out till after the date of sale, you cannot terminate the seller's plan. It is There is not a lot in black and white on the IRS website or just in the code. And that is clear as day in the code. Once you have acquired another company via a stock sale, you're creating a controlled group, you now have a successor plan, and you cannot just terminate the plan. So at that point, your options are merge the plan into one, update your documents, you know, you that could create an audit for your plan. There's a whole lot of things that go into that. Your plan document definitely has to be updated, especially if that other entity is going to be in existence for a while. Um, a lot of companies do that for name recognition. And, you know, it's just kind of a, it's a hassle to try to change payroll companies and all kinds of stuff when you do that. Um, an asset sale is I'm purchasing the assets of another company. And while the retirement plan is technically an asset, it is very, very rarely negotiated in an asset sale in the actual purchase agreement. Anytime somebody says that they have an asset sale, my next question, which again, 75% of the time I'm finding out after the fact, my next question is, what does the purchase agreement state in terms of the retirement plan? Are you guys, as the buyer, going to take responsibility for the retirement plan? What are these employees going to do? And most of the time it's, well, the purchase agreement doesn't really say anything. Very rarely do the attorneys who are drafting the purchase agreement for your company very rarely are they ERISA attorneys. And so everybody has their specialty, and I completely understand and respect that. But most of the time, your retirement plan is probably the last thing that you are worried about if you are buying or selling your company or buying another company. So the asset sale, there's a little bit more flexibility in what you can and can't do. You still need to know prior to the date of the sale. Um, and the asset sale takes a little bit more digging. So the stock sale is pretty much black and white because you, you do create a controlled group most of the time in a stock sale. The asset sale, it kind of just, this is such a, this is my answer to this one. It just depends. <laughs> it just depends on the situation. Uh, but again, your document would probably have to be recognized and you have to kind of figure out what you want to do. You know, do you have to figure out if employees that you might be taking on from the other company or the company that you've bought are 
have they had a terminated service? Have they had a severance of of servant of severance of employment? Um, you know, do we recognize prior service? What do we do for vesting? All of those kinds of things. So it is a lot. This is actually one of those things that while it does get to be a lot and a little complicated, I really like it because I get to put on my consulting hat and, and really guide clients through this process. I, I did actually have a call from a client two weeks ago who told me that they had acquired via stock sale a company on December 31st, 2020. And she was just asking me a very simple vesting question. And I said, okay, so what are y'all going to do about the retirement plan? And she said, well, I mean, they have a retirement plan and we have a retirement plan. So shouldn't it be fine? And I was like, yeah, no, that's just not how it works. And I'm not trying to be mean. Most people, I would say most people would have no idea the implications on the retirement plan if you did not do what we did on a, on a daily basis. So we do educate our clients when it comes to that. But the silver lining through all of this is that the IRS has actually given a little bit of time that you as the buy, mainly, and mainly this is going to fall on the buying company. The selling company might have to wind down their plan, but the buying company is really taking on that responsibility. So the IRS gives you till the end of the year, following the year of acquisition, to basically get it together. Well, let's say February of 2021, I buy a company. I actually have till December 31st of 2022 until I have to do something. So there's this long code section. It's like 410BC5 or something like that transition period. As long as neither entity makes significant changes to your plan document and design. And one of the reasons why I encourage any client to do that is because if I'm buying a company in February right now, I'm I'm not at the beginning of the year. I'm pretty far from the end of the year. But what do I do if I have a safe harbor plan and the company that I'm buying does not have a safe harbor plan? And I have a year of service eligibility and they have a three-month service eligibility. Those document differences are very difficult to figure out during the calendar year. And so it's just much easier and much more feasible and a lot less stressful on business owners to just wait till the end of the year. You have a clean break and you can kind of, you can get the document, you can amend the document, it gives you time. I mean, these things probably can take six to eight months before we really figure out what needs to be done with the document and with the other assets. So so it's probably one of the more complicated things that we do. What do you think, Lainey? <laughs> hey, I learned a little more about it. I hear y'all talk about it all the time, but now it makes a little more sense. Yeah. So again, most people do not know. So that, like I said, like I said at the beginning, if there's one thing to take away from this podcast, it's if you are selling your company, going to buy another company, possibly have some ownership changes within your company, you know, and one of those owners might have another company, let your TPA know. It is critical critical in determining what can be done with the retirement plan. So that being said, (laughs) I could probably talk for another 20 minutes about that. But that being said, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, reach out to us. Uh, Website is www.choosesentinel.com. That's where all of our email addresses are. That's going to be the easiest way to email us because it's quite a mouthful, our email. Uh, or our number is 225-384-78. And we are also on LinkedIn. So give us a follow there. Till next time. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>